Hey, it's Phil Simon. My new book is out now. It is called The Nine, The Tectonic Forces Reshaping the Workplace. It's my best work to date, and I hope that you'll check it out. Thanks. This has been your orientation. Is there anything you do not understand? Is there anything you understand only partially? If you have not been fully oriented, you must file a complaint with personnel. File a faulty complaint, and they dock you. Conversations about collaboration, episode 37. Pim DeMore joins me. He's the co-founder of Corporate Rebels and co-author of Corporate Rebels Make Work More Fun. We talk about self-management, employee trust, Spotify, hybrid work, e-commerce, and the world finally coming around to his line of thinking. Let's rock and roll. Pim, where does this podcast find you? Um, in Eindhoven, the Netherlands at the moment, my hometown. How are you guys doing over there? I, are people mostly vaccinated? Um, I'm going to get my first jab on Saturday. Okay. Um, and the next one in a month's time. So uh, the Netherlands is now opening up again. So on the on Saturday is actually going to be the day that most of the things are allowed again. So um, it's going to feel like a, entering a new world, which we're very much looking forward to. So in some ways entering a new world, but as people come back to work, maybe it'll be an old world. And based on everything I know about you and Corporate Rebels, that old world isn't necessarily something we want to go back to. No, there's a lot to be done to make sure that that's not going to happen. But I'm pretty sure that the response from many employees and employers will definitely be to go back to the old ways of doing things. But hopefully, at least we've learned something over the past year and a half. We could talk for hours about that. I was just reading how in the United States, JP Morgan, which is one of the largest banks in the world, has said, basically, if you're not back in the office by September 1st, um, we're going to have to have a serious conversation, which is understandable in some ways. But the way you're kind of nodding your head and smiling, um, you don't seem the slightest bit surprised. Yeah, it's 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 look, this was to be expected um, that a couple of these outdated uh, companies with their um, um, outdated ways of thinking would immediately again go back to traditional things and trying to control people close to their uh, desks and trying to make sure that they are working from there and that they can see that they're actually sitting behind their desk thinking that if they do that, they're productive. But I think if there's one thing we've learned, also JP Morgan last year, is that people can perfectly be productive not being in the office necessarily. Yeah, it is an old mindset and old habits die hard. And I can see how in some ways, if you're a new employee, you want to let that person prove his or her mettle. On the other hand, I could say, well, why did you hire that person if you don't trust that person, especially over time after some sort of probationary period? Um, I know that in America, we tend to define ourselves largely upon what we do. So even if someone asks you, what do you do? You say, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm a dentist, whatever. Uh, whereas in many of the European countries, from conversations I had with folks, say, what do you do? They'll say, I like to surf, I like to ski. Um, is, is the problem acutely American or is that mindset pervasive to some extent all over the world? No, I, th I think it's um, um, happening all over the world. And I think it's maybe something that's even more present in the US at the moment. But um, also here in the Netherlands or in, in other parts of Europe or in other parts of the world, similar things are happening. Like it's not unique to the US. I think still, the, as, especially if you look at ways of working, 
I think the entire world is still very traditional and every, if the, we're still so much focused on uh, presenteeism um, and the fact that people need to be behind their desks in order to think that they're, that, that they're productive. And I, this is something that, that we've been doing for decades a certain way. Work has always been organized a certain way. And now we're try, trying to make some changes. And of course, the last year we've tried to make big changes in that. Um, and, and I think a lot of companies have so successfully, and I'm 100% sure a lot of companies will also not go back to um, requiring their people to be in the office every single day, uh, but maybe find a more hybrid version um, or, or at least start listening to employees more than they were before. Because talking about remote work or working from home before the pandemic, it was almost a reason to get you fired. I remember doing it in my previous career when I was still working for this this large corporate organization. and. I talked to my boss about spending uh, one day a week or working one day a week from home. And this was already something not to be talked about to other people in the team and the organization. So I could do it, but a little bit under the radar. Um, and this is just a weird thing, right? That even today with so many opportunities of people working online, that we still expect people to come into the office every single day and from nine to five, even though for um, a large part of the workforce, Working from nine to five is not necessary. They don't need to open a, um, a shop or they don't need to work on a factory production line. So um, especially for knowledge workers, I think it's an outdated thing to re- require people to come into the office. And it should be much more about um, finding the right balance for each single individual and trusting people that if they deliver good results, they should be able to do so in their own time and whenever they prefer, as long as the results are there. You've been saying this now for five or six years with corporate rebels, much less, I'm sure, when you're working for a large organization. Have you found that since COVID-19 hit, there's been more interest in maybe part of the genesis for launching Corporate Rebels Academy? Because now people are perhaps more open because we've seen through this natural experiment that not only can you work from home or be productive, but even potentially more productive and potentially more satisfied. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that how the current environment has contributed to your thinking and the direction of corporate rebels. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it has changed a lot. So there's way more interest and especially more open-mindedness towards new ways of working. I'm still sure that a lot of companies are not doing remote work properly um, because they just taken all the work they were doing in the office and then moved it online and then called it remote work. But that's something completely different. Like in organizations that are very successful at it and that have been doing it for decades already, um, they don't run their organization in the same way. So they don't have as many meetings as traditional organizations. When you're in the office, it makes sense to just walk up to a person um, and go and sit down for a meeting and and discuss something for about an hour. But for these organizations, if you want to truly work remote and give people the opportunity to be flexible when when they work and where they work. Um, It's also something that you should let those people decide when they do the work. So there's no way that people are going to spend the the entire workday from nine to five um, having Zoom calls. And that's so that's simply copy pasting the traditional way of working, but moving it to an online environment. These companies do things in totally different ways with less meetings more alignment on through other tools, uh, more asynchronous work. And so lots of other things that can be done to work more progressively. 
And I think that's not happening yet. But there is definitely more open-mindedness, more awareness that work can actually look quite a bit different than what we expected. Um, so we're moving in the right direction and, and, and the pandemic has definitely accelerated that. Uh, but there's still a lot of work to be done in many areas. Can you maybe give me a specific example of a company that started to copy and paste and now 15, 16 months later has significantly changed the way that it works? Um, yeah, there's definitely, so So we're looking mostly, the organizations that we've been researching over the past five years are the companies that have already worked progressively for a much longer period of time. And we're not just looking at remote work or working from home. We're looking at organizations with less hierarchy, with more self-management, with distributed decision-making, with more purpose, more freedom. So um, remote work is just a very small tip of the iceberg of things that could be changed and could be done differently. Um, and I think many organizations have now used that um, like kind of that urgency or that need to change over the past year and a half to also make other changes. So we've seen companies that first had troubles with accepting remote work and that are now taking on remote work and embracing it, but also at the same time uh, making other changes, for example, the way they, they make decisions. So to give you one specific example, if you look at, for example, Spotify, um, they've done really well, I think, in terms of adapting. So before they just expected most of the people just to come into the office um, because that's where they expected to be were expected to be productive. Um, during the pandemic, they made some big changes and said, okay, this is not what we want to be in the future. So it worked in the past, but uh, learning from what we are doing now during this pandemic, we need to also make changes going forward. So they've created this work from anywhere policy where people can just work from anywhere they want. They don't have to necessarily be in the office. They can work in a different uh, location and they can work from home or wherever they prefer. So they've adopted things in terms of remote work, but then are also looking at how can we change decision-making in teams so we don't rely too much on meetings anymore or that we don't rely too much on that kind of strict hierarchy that we have in the organization. So that's just one of the examples. And I think there's there's many more, especially smaller and medium-sized organizations that are making big changes towards this. Yeah, which is reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about how some of the tech startups are issuing proper office space, right? corporate real estate, and saying we'll spend that same money in once a quarter or twice a year bonding trips, right? And not necessarily um, minimizing that budget, you know, well, we'll do a day here. I mean, you know, an entire week because they recognize the limits of remote work, even though I'm a big fan as, as you are as well. But they realize that even if, if they don't build the relationships uh, with employees, especially newer ones who don't have that social capital built up, they won't realize all the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the thing that many companies have to learn. Like it's not one or the other. And so we used to be all work in the office. That used to be the, the mindset. Now, past year, it has changed to um, all work from home because there simply wasn't any other option available. Um, and now you already see like, for example, JP Morgan, they said, okay, we want to go back to the old model. We want everybody in the office. There's other companies that say, okay, we won't ever be going back into the office because we know what it's like. We can save a lot of costs. We can work more freely and still be successful at what we do. So they focus on um, work from anywhere all the time. And then there's a lot of companies that want to dictate their people how many days a week they should come to the office. And I think it's 
look, it's definitely an improvement because at least a couple of days in the week, you still can decide where you work yourself. But why would we need to dictate to people how many days a week they spend in the office? Couldn't we just assume that people are responsible, sensible adults that can make their own decisions in life and at work and give them the opportunity to think for themselves how many days a week they want to be in the office in order to be successful? Because I can tell you, most people don't want to work from home every single day. It's um, very alone. Um, It's not much fun. It's hard to do more creative, more collaborative work. So for sure, people also want to go back into the office to meet with their colleagues, to uh, to to brainstorm new ideas, etc. So I think the main lesson we should be learning, but I'm sure this is not the main lesson that many companies will learn, is that we should give people the opportunity themselves to make these kinds of decisions. We shouldn't look at them like toddlers that we need to tell exactly how they should be doing every single thing in their work. So let's give people the opportunity and a little bit of freedom to determine that kind of stuff for themselves. To the extent that some people have had more autonomy working from home, because even if your boss is using surveillance software, you know, you're just, you can't be watched to the same extent, right? Um, Could this potentially push more traditional organizations towards self-management? Um. Let's let's hope so. I'm I'm pretty sure that the companies that are using surveillance software are not the ones that will be moving towards self-management. I hope these companies go bankrupt because it's just a completely inhumane way of doing things. Um, spying on your employees, I think, is it's it should be forbidden by law if it isn't already so. Um, I know that there's been a huge increase in demand for such surveillance software during the pandemic. It's just painful to see. And it, I think it shows how much distrust there is in today's organizations. Um, so uh, for all people working in those companies, please quit and find another job that um, actually trusts you being a, a responsible person. Um, and I hope these companies go bankrupt because there's just, if you're setting up such a shitty workplace, you have no reason to exist. You know, in the 10 or 12 minutes that we've been speaking, I'm trying to imagine you uh, 10 years ago, working in a traditional corporate environment, <laughs> something tells me you didn't quite fit, it, which no. remind, <laughs> remind me of a younger um, per- version of me with, with more hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see how that goes in the future. Yeah, I mean, I would frequently question folks. I can remember back in the mid 2000s um, on a consulting project. Um, they let me go because I would get in at 7 a.m. I would work through lunch and I would leave around six and um, at the toot my own horn, but I was doing you know a lot of things that other consultants could do. And I understand if it's right before a big deadline or something, you might need to be there till three in the morning. And, and I've done that, but just in general, at this mindset that, you know, you belong to us and maybe you'll get home at 10 o'clock at night. I thought was inhumane. And I said, look, you know, I, I have a life outside of work. And if that's a problem for you, then we should part ways. And mm. I remember smiling driving home from Pennsylvania after that whole ordeal. Um, I, I completely with you that it should be a humanity to work. And yes, I understand the need for some sort of standards. Everyone can't do everything all the time because it would be anarchy, but you can go too far in the other direction. Yeah. And I think it's so important to realize that we, as human beings are perfectly capable of organizing in self-managing ways to organizations. This mostly sounds extremely radical, like not having any 
bosses who tell people what to do and how they should be doing their job and no one to make all the important decisions. But if you look at many other aspects of our life, for example, the community work that we're doing, or if you want to organize uh, a holiday trip with your friends, or if you want to organize an, an, a nice day away with your entire family, all of this happens in a self-managing way. There's not a single person that tells you, okay, you're going to organize a trip now for your friends, whether you like it or not. This is the budget you have. This is the um, 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 uh, all the requirements that the vacation needs to live up to. So this is just to many aspects of our life, this way of working doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And we're perfectly capable if we're motivated around something that we can perfectly self-manage. It's just that we're not used to doing it in the workplace. So it, it takes a bit of time to, to learn it and to unlearn many of the things that we've gotten used to. And then to start um, working in this new, more self-managing way that is much more motivating to the vast majority of people. Talk to me a little bit about the Corporate Rebels Academy. I find that really interesting. Yeah, so this is one of the changes that actually came from the pandemic as well, um, or the, the the benefits actually from it. So we've been traveling around the world for more than four years, so before the pandemic hit, researching pioneers, so academics, entrepreneurs, and organizations that are working in um, radically different ways to understand how work could actually be made more fun. So in doing that, we've always at the same time while traveling also given lots of talks, workshops and supported companies to to overhaul their their traditional practices um, and organize all kinds of events. But it was all face to face. So we always had the idea, okay, we want to build something online that has um, the opportunity to create much more impact than just us traveling around and, and and sharing these stories. So we always wanted to do it, but never really had the time to. Um, so when the pandemic hit and our entire calendar was wiped clean for months, um, we could actually focus finally on setting up this academy. So we, we've been working quite long on it, so almost 12 months, um, to get everything ready to make sure that it's, it's, it's really good content in collaboration uh, with these pioneers to really show on a very in-depth level how these organizations work. So what does self-management look like? What do companies do if they want to transform into these more progressive structures? So we've been developing that and it's launched two months ago, the first classes, and we just finished them about one and a half week ago. And it's been a really big success because what we actually do is we connect the people working in these progressive organizations and we connect them to the people that want to learn how they work. So there's a lot of, we are sort of the platform that connects the two. And by doing that, we want to educate more people that work can be a lot more fun and very different than what many organizations are used to at the moment. I've actually been doing a bit of research about the different types of online learning and this evolution to towards cohorts. Um, I know that with the MOOCs, um, the completion rate tended to be very low, right? And you wouldn't have that interaction, but... Uh, Maven and a bunch of other companies are embracing this mindset that yes, you can learn from an instructor and that's fine, but you can also learn from your peers. It sounds like you're embracing that model. Yeah. So we're actually doing a combination of the two. So we've created our own platform and the first course now is a cohort based course. So we have 20 students in each course that go through that program. Um, and 
Yeah, so what we've seen now running two classes at the same time, we just had one person who couldn't make it to the end because of other priorities in there. So they were promoted into another job and couldn't focus on the academy. So that's one out of 42 people. So what? that's like a, a 2%, a 3% drop-off rate, which is insane if you compare it indeed to like on-demand courses where people just drop off after maybe one or two classes. So um, I, I truly believe in it too. I think it's a great way, but I also believe that there should be a more hybrid model where some people, they simply don't like to be in cohorts, myself included. Like I don't like to be in uh, cohort-based classes. I prefer to read and to learn something in my own time and then put it to the test. So we're the next courses we're creating at the moment are, are on demand. Um, and then we'll we'll continue to develop, I think, both to to create a nice hybrid version of it. You read my mind. I was just making a note here. Uh, on so many levels, it seems like the future is hybrid, whether that's with telemedicine or education. I spent four years as a college professor. And there were always online courses. I developed them, but there were limitations of that medium. In fact, when sometimes a student who did well in my online course would say, could I get a recommendation for a job? I'd say, I really can't give you one because I didn't, for the most part, get a chance to know you. And if a recruiter asked me a question, hey, tell me about PIM and how he worked. I'd say, you know, like he got a good grade. I don't think he cheated, but I don't know. Um, e-commerce as well. I mean, I saw that um, Google's opening up a proper store, kind of like Apple and Microsoft. So it sounds like there'll be this fusion um, because of, to your point, you know, the limitations of being online only, right? Or isolation, Versus being at an Apple store and seeing someone talking about a computer and going, oh, I have that same thing. Have you heard of this application, which I was just doing as I got this new one? Uh, you're nodding your head. So it sounds like the hybrid world won't just be work and learning. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I like the examples you give you also with the, even with the physical shops. Yeah. But um, yeah, and what I also like uh, think of this is that it makes a lot of sense, right, to make things more hybrid. Because there's so many different people with so many different needs. And it doesn't make any sense to think that there's one solution to fix everything. Um, so when it comes to learning, or as you mentioned, like Google or Microsoft or Apple, there's just people consume things in different ways. Um, and, and, and we should cater to those different needs. And the same thing, I think, applies to ways of working. There's not one model or way of working out there that's going to be successful for every individual and for every organization. There needs to be customization towards every single individual and towards every single organization. And this is maybe even the hardest lesson for people to learn. Like everyone loves to look at successful companies and then adopts their ways of working. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Oh, gosh, we could talk for hours about that. I know Basecamp and Automatic and company native distributed companies and the way they do things would be so anathema. So if, if JP Morgan says everyone needs to be in an office, could you imagine, you know, not even living in the same time zone? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it, it's remarkable. And one size doesn't fit all. I think one of the benefits of the pandemic will be that people will have greater choice because we've seen you can't be productive uh, in another way. I, I saw a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn that they said the number of jobs with the word remote in the title had increased 547% from this time last year. So even if your employer doesn't embrace remote work or hybrid work, or you just want to make a change, you wouldn't necessarily have to move. Yeah. Yeah. And that's perfect. Like this, this is how change starts, I think. 
Um, and, and we should now, people have experienced it a little bit. Now we get the opportunity that we can actually make a, a choice. And then things will start to unfold very quickly. Yeah. Is it gratifying or validating for you at all that people are coming around, hopefully slowly, but surely to your mindset? Because, you know, having been, I want to put words in your mouth, maybe frustrated with the corporate hierarchy. I mean, the, the site's called Corporate Rebel. So <laughs> there's probably a little bit of spite there swimming <laughs> against the stream. But now that more people are open to this type of thing that, you know, you've You've been saying this for you know at least five years with corporate rebels, and I'm sure many years before uh, when you worked for the man. Um, it, it's got to feel you have to feel a certain set of sense of satisfaction, no? Yeah, I love to be the person out there saying "I told you so." <laughs> I was I was yeah. getting that vibe from you in a very in a very <laughs> polite way. No, but I think yeah. So on the one hand, definitely, it's it's almost like oh, you, so I told you this would work. And I told you this would be possible. So many people before the pandemic would say, yeah, it's great that remote works work for these companies, but it will never work in our organization. And how many companies have a completely different opinion on that? But at the same time, so that's the nice thing, uh, being able to say, I told you so, but there's still also so many organizations that don't really get it. You mentioned JP Morgan, but also companies that still force their people to come into the office a couple of days without any good arguments or any good experiments um, that, that has gone before that. So there's a lot to learn still. And I think there's a lot to do also for us corporate rebels to continue pushing the boundaries and not just on remote work, but also when it comes to organizational structures, when it comes to more purpose-driven uh, work and all these things that we talked about before. Good stuff, Tim. We'll get you, here, uh, get you out of here on this. What book are you currently reading? I uh, just finished uh, Deep Work by Kel Newport. It was on my list for a very long time, and I'm very happy I've now finally read it. It takes way too long to get to the point, but it's a good a good one to uh, to learn from. Yeah, I read that one, and I agree with him. Um, but I know in his new book, I think it's called The World Without Email, he rails against or dunks on uh, Slack as well, basically as a worse version of email. And that's where I take issue because uh, these tools, you know, conceptually, yes, you're right, they can interrupt you. But I can interrupt you if I work in the office or cubicle next to you and every two minutes go, Pim, you got a minute, Pim, I need your help, right? You're doing the same thing. Uh, I would argue, though, that the, the tools that he mentions, particularly Slack, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, all have different notification features and you can customize them. You could quit the app. So I, I believe in the notion of deep work. I certainly wouldn't have written a few books if I kept getting interrupted with email or text or whatever, uh, on the other hand, I think he kind of misses the point in grouping all technologies as the same because they yeah. could interrupt you. That's like saying all people are assholes because they can be rude to you. Um, yeah. yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. yeah, I fully agree with you. It's not about the tool. It's uh, how we use it. And uh, I think that's the same, whether it's email or Slack or Basecamp or whatever you like to, uh, you prefer to use. I think it's, uh, it's, it's always like that. And the same is not just in the technology, but also in the more social technologies right the way we run meetings etc there's not a one thing that's great and one thing that sucks it's, it's always the way we go about using them good stuff Ben. thanks for joining me thanks a lot for having me remember that these episodes drop every tuesday however if you'd like early access to them you're in luck i've launched a patreon page for this podcast at wait for it patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access, 
and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, then how can you not? Please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time. Remember that these episodes drop every Tuesday. However, if you'd like early access to them, you're in luck. I've launched a Patreon page for this podcast at, wait for it, patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, then how can you not? Please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time.